I'm going to say something that I often say. I don't mean this as a lie. You know, I genuinely have a heart that says I don't mean to keep you long. <laughs> I, I do have that heart, but again, we'll see what the, we'll see what the Lord does. Honestly, I'm just sharing this morning. It'll be slightly different, I believe, because it's, it's a topic that I know that we need. I know that we need to address, and we're going to build on. Uh, we're going to go into another series right now, starting today, on wisdom, on wisdom. How many of you could use a little bit more wisdom in your life? Okay, who, who's, who does not have their hands up? I need to just talk with you because you've got it all together. <laughs> or maybe we need to really pray because you're deceived. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? When we say we have all that we need, we do in Jesus, but we're not the wise ones. Who among you is wise? Only he, he alone, only God is wise. He is wisdom this morning. And so we're going we're gonna to attempt to dive into this today, but know that we're not going to stop here today. My heart is to actually get very practical over the next several weeks, and others will join with me in, in, in sharing about the wisdom of God. There's many books in the Bible devoted to the wisdom of God. How many of you love the book of Proverbs? How many of you consume that on a regular basis? Anybody, anybody read that on the daily? Okay, a few of you right now. How many of you have ever done that in your life, in your walk with God? I'm telling you, there's so much richness and so much amazing things that can be received from that book. And so I will talk about that a little bit today. We're not going to go through, uh, you know, 31 weeks of, <laughs> of, of Proverbs. Don't get scared. But we will dive into several, several portions there. There's other passages of Scripture. How many of you love the story of Job? <laughs> I know no one wanted to say, yes, I love the story of Job. But how many can relate to Job? Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How many of you can relate to the craziness that Solomon speaks of in Ecclesiastes? <laughs> How many of you can receive wisdom from all the different books that speak of the wisdom of God? There's, there's many, Old Testament and New. Uh, so we want to dive into some of those, but ultimately, let's join together as a family believing that God's going to give us his spirit of wisdom and revelation. Let me, let me define that a little bit for us so that we are on the same page because I don't want to assume, as we often do in the English language, do you, you ever really realize that when we have communication one with another, that we use words that we expect people to understand the meaning of? Uh, I know that's not perfect grammar in the way I just said that, but you understand that we, we use words and we expect people to understand what we mean, but they may not understand what we mean. You may be saying one thing, but what they're receiving is something totally different. How many of you have children? You know exactly what I'm saying. How many of you are married? Wives, this was your cue. <laughs> Elbow <laughs> to the rib right there. Okay. We understand that there's times when we're communicating, but it's not always received because of definition. And so Wisdom goes way beyond just communication or understanding or even knowledge. Wisdom is, is the fullness of it, the fullness of it. So let me say, 
I read this definition, and it was a pretty good definition. This is one definition that I'll give you, but it'll help us get closer to the aim where we're at today. So if we were going to define this, let's say that wisdom is the factual knowledge and the situational insight and the necessary resolve that together have the greatest likelihood of success in achieving the intended righteous goal. Is that too much for you? Let me say that again. If you're taking notes, you probably want it again. Wisdom is the factual knowledge and the situational insight and the necessary resolve that together have the greatest likelihood of success in achieving the intended righteous goal. Let me take that a step, uh, step farther. Further? Farther. Further, farther. Somebody help me. Okay, my mind's battling inside of me for the proper grammar, but you're just going to have to understand today. <laughs> Give us wisdom, Lord. And how to apply the fact that wisdom is beyond knowledge. It's knowing what to do with the knowledge that you have. It's applying all of the facts, all of the insights, and knowing what course of action you're supposed to take. How many of you right now, this very moment, are in the midst of a decision-making process and you need wisdom? Yeah, most of us. So you know exactly what I'm talking about when you're saying, I need wisdom to make the right, the right choice, the right decision. And most of us today, I'm looking around, you don't want to make a wrong decision. You don't want to make a decision that dishonors God. So we already know that your heart is in that place or that posture. But there's something different between simply saying that I'm going to attempt in my own ability to make a correct and good godly decision. There's a big difference between that and receiving wisdom from God to make the correct decision. You understand? Let me dive into some scripture here so that we can take it further. And I'll give you more definitions as we go. Does that work? Romans eleven thirty three through 36 says this. Oh, the depths and the riches of both the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has become his counselor? Or who has first given to him and it shall be repaid to him? For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. I'm telling you, friends, one of the greatest things we need in life is wisdom. When people ask me a question and they ask pastor how can I pray for you many of you have more often than not if I don't give you a specific thing I'm always going to tag onto it or ask you directly I'm asking for wisdom I'm asking for wisdom why because I value it above all else because I know that in me asking for wisdom I'm not just asking for myself to be better I'm asking for Jesus to be glorified 
I'm asking for somebody to agree that I flow in the correct posture and the correct attitude and the correct flow of the Spirit so that I receive the wisdom of heaven and ultimately his kingdom is being established in every area of my life, of this church's ministry, of what we do one with another. Every area we need more wisdom. Yesterday's wisdom is not applicable to today's wisdom required. You understand that we need fresh wisdom every day. Just as we need fresh bread every day. Just as we need fresh word every day from the Lord. We need fresh wisdom associated with it. We don't just need knowledge. We need the wisdom. He is wisdom. I already mentioned Romans 16, 27. He is the only wise God. He is the only wise God. I love what Daniel 2 says about this, about the wisdom of God. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Maybe they'll put it up on the screen, Daniel chapter 2, starting in verse 19. It says, then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, blessed be the name of God forever and ever. For wisdom and might, your version might say, wisdom and power are his. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness. And light dwells with him. I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what we asked of you. For you have made known to us the king's demand. I love this posture of Daniel. He receives wisdom from the Lord and you can see the value that he has for it. The wisdom of God being cherished. Because when it's received, it can change nations. It can change kings. It can dethrone kings. It can uplift kings in the natural and the spiritual. You have a king over your life right now? Who is it? Is it Jesus? Or is it something else from this world? What is enthroned over you right now? What king's edicts are you receiving? Is it the mouth of society or is it the mouth of heaven? Is it the mouth of doubt and unbelief, or is it the mouth and the king of faith? Is it the mouth of wisdom? The great condemnation, and don't get religious on me by me using the word condemnation, but if you were to say the condemnation of the Bible, meaning we need Jesus' blood, we need, we need him completely to, in, in order to ever escape the law, <laughs> Right? But we have that freedom today. We do. But if there's ever a condemnation in the word of God, it's, it's the, the essence of that we lean on our own understanding and not the understanding or the will of God. Time and time again, it talks about this. Do not lean on your own understanding. This is some of your favorite verses, Proverbs five, or 3, 5, and 6, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Then what? Lean not on your own understanding, but on all your ways acknowledge him. He will direct your paths, right? He will do that. And he'll do more than that. But there's this essence from the, from the garden that there was a separation of mindset that they didn't want, Adam and Eve didn't want the wisdom of God. They wanted what they could have independent from God, of, of their own understanding, of the, going into choosing something that was separate from the Lord. 
One of the leading passages on God's wisdom, I believe, is Job 28. And I'll read some of, the, some of the key verses that come from that. If you have time later, I encourage you, read all through that entire chapter. Read through the book of Job, for sure, but read through that chapter. We'll start in verse 12 and 13. It says, But where can wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Man does not know its value, nor is it found in the land of the living. Let me put it this way to you, friends. We don't get wisdom simply by being born. Wisdom is just not something that you receive even by experience alone. You can go all throughout your life and find that there's some people that are very unwise. <laughs> some of the oldest, some of the youngest may be wise at times. You ever hear the term or the phrase, they're wise beyond their years? Why? Because most likely they received something or went through something had an experience, had, had knowledge that had to be applied in a certain way. Whether it was God-ordained or simply life experience, there's natural wisdom and there's spiritual wisdom, right? Two very different things. Both can work together. But we understand that wisdom is something that you're just not simply born with. It's something that has to be acquired. So skip down to verse 20 in Job 28. We'll read a few more verses here. It says, from there, where then does wisdom come? And where is the place of understanding? It is hidden from the eyes of all living and concealed from the birds of the air. Destruction and death say, we have heard a report about it with our eyes. God understands its way and he knows its place. For he looks to the ends of the earth and sees under the whole heavens to establish a weight for the wind and apportion the waters by measure. When he made a law for the rain and a path for the thunderbolt, then he saw wisdom and declared it. He prepared it indeed. He searched it out. And to man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is is understanding. We know the proverb, actually multiple proverbs that say that the fear of the Lord, chapter 1, right? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This is it in a different way of saying, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. To fear him, to not just be afraid of him, but to come into a place where he is our everything. We've talked about this in recent weeks where he is our one thing. Where he is our one desire, he's our pursuit, he's the prize, he's, he's all of these things. But when our hearts are fully in that place of surrender to the, to, to the God of all gods, the king of all kings, that's the beginning of the place of gaining some sense of understanding, some sense of a spirit of wisdom. Let me put it, break down super simply. <laughs> Taking God seriously opens up a world of wisdom to you. Fearing the Lord will gain you access to his chambers where wisdom resides. Jesus, he is called wisdom. He is wisdom. So, in essence, those of you got, that have some decisions to make, guess what? Fearing God will open you up to another world of decision making. If we truly fear him, we're going to make the right decision. Why? Why? Because we're not going to do something that will 
benefit us, it will always benefit him. And if we take care of him, he takes care of us. Your world will open up like it's never opened up before because God can now be free to impart his wisdom into the place of the lack of our wisdom. In place of, the la- in place of our wisdom, he gives us his wisdom. How many of you want that? Amen. Amen. I'm sure many of us would say something along the lines of, if I knew what I know, to know now, I wouldn't have done that then. I would have done this differently. You ever say that? Probably even this week, maybe some of you said, man, I wish I would have known this before I did this. I made that decision. Some of you might be saying, you know, I wish I would have started a different job. I wish I went to a different school, went to a different place, married a different person. Careful. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. But in one sense, wisdom of God would say, hey, whoever you made a covenant with, you made a covenant. So God, God does all things. God does all things to restore and to redeem and to allow us to be those that reflect his image concerning marriage. Amen. But yeah, we understand. There's things that, yeah, we look back at our lives. Man, I wish I would have done that differently. So how many of you have ever used a credit card and ever used that phrase? Man, I wish I didn't use that. It feels good in the moment that you get something for seemingly nothing, right? Something deferred. Or maybe even in your heart you said, you know what? I've got the finances. I'm just going to use this card and I'm going to pay it when the statement comes only to have 10 other things come up that you said the very same thing to, and that money allotment did not get used for what it was originally intended. Then all of a sudden, yeah, again, you're saying, man, I wish I didn't make that decision because interest rates keep going up and up and up and up, and I'm paying a lot more than what I had originally anticipated. That's how, that's how that works, right? That same mindset is what the enemy uses in our lives all the time. It may not be a financial decision. It may be a decision for some other sense of sin in our lives, some other missing the mark in our lives where we place our benefit above his, where we lean into our own understanding and our own way of thinking that we can accomplish something instead of leaning on the Lord and allowing him to accomplish it. Now understand, I am not here being a proponent of simply saying, hey, let's be pie-in-the-sky kind of people that just wait around in an ethereal space for God to do something. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying wisdom is being fully reliant upon the Lord and opening up your heart to faith in Him, trust in Him, belief in Him, surrender to Him. And the moment that He says to do something, you do it. Let me put it this way, our limitations of knowledge, our emotions, our short-sightedness, our myopic vision at times, one, one, one single thought, we're going to the Lord. Have you ever gone to the Lord and you're praying your will but you're asking for his? Do you understand? You're like, Lord, I really want you to bless this idea. I feel like this is a really good idea, so... Lord, I'm just praying for this to come to pass. Let it come to pass. Let it surely come to pass. If I use some of these words that I see in Scripture and tie it into my prayer, maybe it's going to happen. And in essence, you keep on working in the arm of the flesh until that thing happens because if we really want something bad enough, we will make it happen. 
whether we pass all the, the signals that say stop, slow down, or veer, or make a U-turn, our flesh at times will allow us to continue going over those road bumps, over those signs and those signals, over those audio things, all, all, all the senses that God and the Holy Spirit will work in our lives to cause us to not have peace about something. We can silence it and allow our hearts to become callous. We can silence it and allow our heart to be given over to the pleasures of sin. And guess what? That's when we get into that place where months down the road, years down the road, we realize we've wasted so much and we've been a slave so much to this instead of just simply obeying God in the first place. The benefit of taking a wise person or talking to a wise person is that you get a benefit of their insight and their experiences. How many of you enjoy talking with somebody who has been in your situation before and they can kind of walk you through it? It's good, right? How many, how many young parents, you know, you're asking like, okay, when am I going to get sleep? You know, feeding these children, you know, uh, you know when do they grow up? <laughs> <laughs> Asking those questions, you know, what's, what's the way to correct a child in a, in a godly manner? You know, we, you could ask so many different questions. How many of you going through relationships? I'm looking around, young people. You ask for wisdom and understanding. And sometimes, I'm not going to pick on anybody, but you know you've done this. Where you keep on asking until somebody agrees with you. And that's the person you stick with for receiving their wisdom and revelation. You understand that's, that's the wisdom of the world, the wisdom of the natural, the wisdom of the emotions. That's natural wisdom. That's not necessarily spiritual wisdom. I'm not saying that, that those of us that have experiences in relationships don't have wisdom or even God-given spiritual wisdom. We may have that. But what's our pursuit even of wisdom? <laughs> what's our pursuit? <laughs> what's the reason why? What's the motivation So you can experience wisdom, you can experience what the, the person that has been through and experienced, their knowledge. Because age gives you a certain experience. A child doesn't possess the wisdom or knowledge of their parents because they haven't lived long enough to experience the same things, right? If I look at my six-year-old, she's not going to have experienced the same thing as my nearly 16-year-old. I'm not going to get into who's wiser in certain areas and different things. No, I love my children. They're amazing. They really are. But you understand, everybody's at different levels. Everybody can experience different things. So if you say to a wise person or go to a wise person but a human being to receive knowledge and wisdom, and they are flawed too, right, why not get it from the person who can never give false data, never lie, never assume, and never give insufficient information? If you haven't recognized, I'm talking about Jesus. If you can go to somebody else for wisdom, why not go directly to the source? The one that doesn't give you faulty information. The one who doesn't give you an opinion. He gives you truth. I can't say this any more plainly. We run to all kinds of help except for the one who is our very, very source of help. 
When you see people, how many of you ever watched a, a game of chess or checkers? How many of you ever participated in that or wish that you knew how to play chess or, you know, you understand that type of gaming, you know, there's, there's, there's strategy involved. You can utilize any type of strategy game in this illustration that I'm trying to give you right now. But you, you can watch, and it's, it's very interesting. If you're in the game, okay, you're trying to think, what is that person thinking, right? What's their next move? How can I combat that move? How can I, how can I win this game? Or if you're watching even from the outside, you could try to be figuring out what, what's both sides playing. Who's going to win? I'm betting on that guy. I'm betting on that girl. You know, wh whatever it is, you can get into this mode of figuring out who's going to make the next move and what, what are they trying to accomplish. But let me say this. God is the God that you cannot beat in chess or checkers. When we quote Romans 8.28, which some of us, it's one of our favorites, that God works all things together for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose, we have to surrender the understanding and surrender to the wisdom of God in realizing that he keeps things moving in multi-dimensions at all times. All places, all times, all people, all things, all circumstances, he utilizes and orchestrates to work together for good. The ultimate chess game, if you will. He's already won. He's seen it from the beginning. The end from the beginning. And he's working all these things together for that final checkmate. <laughs> it's already been done from before they started the game. But for some reason, the enemy still plays, right? <laughs> That's a quandary all of its own. But because we don't see everything that God sees, it requires faith to walk in wisdom. That's what I'm trying to get us to this morning, is that it takes faith to walk in wisdom. It's not just something that you receive as, oh man, you, you got this amazing gift, even though it is a gift. There are gifts of wisdom. But even still then... How do you receive gifts from the Spirit? In faith. In faith. How did you receive salvation? By faith. Was it your own understanding? No. Was it something you did? Was it anything you'll ever do? No. All right, class. Thank you. <laughs> it requires faith. Let me put it this way. Wisdom demands faith to operate. God has perfect faith in himself. God has perfect faith in himself. Maybe you don't understand or try to comprehend that. God has faith. What? No, he has perfect faith in himself because he is perfect. There's nothing wrong. There's no shadow in him. Rightly so. Man needs to submit to him, believe in him, trust in him, have faith in him in order to receive and gain wisdom. We only see what we see. We only know what we know, but he sees and knows all. That's the God that we serve. That's why the passage in James 3 is so important. Turn with me there. Yeah, or look at it on the screen. I'm going to read quickly. James chapter 3, in verse 13, I'm reading out of the Amplified just to get a few more points in there. Who among you is wise and intelligent? Let him by his good conduct show his good deeds with the gentleness and humility of true wisdom. In other words, if you think you are all that in a bag of chips, you think you are all that, maybe that saying's too old at this point. It is, isn't it? Help me. Somebody help me. Give me a new one. Somebody give me a new phrase. You think you're 
The cat's pajamas? <laughs> I'm lost now. <laughs> you got one? No, nobody's going to help me. Okay. But you understand. You think, you think you're the tip. You think you're everything. You think you've got it all going on. You think that you're wise in your own eyes. And this verse is saying, basically, if you think that, who among you is wise and intelligent? If you really think you are who you say you are, don't just say it. Show it. Show it. Prove it. Prove it, in essence. Verse 14, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not be arrogant and, as a result, be in defiance of the truth. This superficial wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly or secular, natural, unspiritual, even demonic. I didn't make this up. This is the word of God. So when you act in your own wisdom, you act according to your own understanding, you're not only operating in just natural or earthly wisdom. What, what is that? That's, that's your five senses. Anything that you can see, anything that you can hear, anything you can feel, smell, touch, you understand. All of those things, that's earthly wisdom that you can, you can have, even by experience. Natural wisdom is just simply rational wisdom, I guess you could say. It seems like this is a good way to do things. It makes natural sense, so I'm just going to do it. Everything else seems like, well, that would, that would be stupid. <laughs> you know, bear with me. You know, that would be stupid if I were to jump into the fire knowing that the fire is going to burn me, right? You know, I'm not going to do that. Natural wisdom says, hey, put a seatbelt on when you get into your car. Natural wisdom says, hey, if I'm at the edge of a cliff, I might need to walk a little bit more slowly instead of leaning like this, right? Natural. Natural wisdom would, would be that. If you have no wisdom at all, you're not going to do that. If you've got a death wish, if you're feeding that sense of flesh that wants that adventure, <laughs> if you have no fear of God <laughs> or reverence for even the life that you're living that isn't your own, I'll leave that be. But this last one, most of us don't tend to, to dwell on. It's even demonic. Even demonic. So earthly wisdom, natural wisdom, but then demonic. Let me, let me say it this way. If we're only operating in what we sense, what we feel, our emotions, our earthly or natural wisdom, then that opens us up to demonic wisdom and demonic influence in our thought processes and in our decision making. Do you understand? There's a way that seems right to a man, but it leads to death. We lead ourselves often by what we feel, what we know, what we, what we experience. And it can be all senses of wisdom according to the natural. Somebody could look at you and say, yeah, that makes total sense. And even agree with you and confirm with you what you're thinking. But there's wisdom that doesn't come from down below. There's wisdom that comes from above. The wisdom that comes from below, all of these things where the the, the demons can bring influence because you're not getting information from above. Just think about this. Verse 16, pick it up. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, 
there is disorder, unrest, rebellion, and every evil thing and morally degrading practice. When we make decisions according to the flesh, this is what follows. Even as good as we may have thought that it could be, when we start experiencing these types of inner conflict and external conflict in our lives, these jealousies, these, these selfish ambitions, the disorder that comes, oftentimes there's agreement with the demonic, there's agreement with, with certain things that are going on, and you can say, hey, I have no peace in this anymore. That's the Holy Spirit saying, hey, you never received wisdom from on high in the first place. This isn't condemnation today. This is to bring us into truth and into freedom. If we know this, we won't operate in this way and give any place for the devil to come into our line of thought, into our decision making. Wisdom from above doesn't produce that inner and external conflict. Conversely, verse 17, but wisdom from above is first pure, pure. Morally and spiritually undefiled, then peace-loving, courteous, considerate, gentle, reasonable, and willing to listen, full of compassion. Hallelujah. My notes just disappeared. <laughs> hey. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. What verse did I leave off of? Let's read this. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure, undefiled. Then it is peace-loving, courteous, considerate, gentle. It is willing to yield to reason, full of compassion and good fruits. It is wholehearted and straightforward, impartial and unfeigned, free from doubts, wavering and insincerity. How many of you have ever saw that there before? How many of you realize that this is what you're desiring ultimately and you're wondering why there's doubts, why there's wavering in your decision process? It's very simple. We make it so difficult. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him when he is near. He will answer you. He answers his children. He doesn't desire for us to be led in paths that go to death and destruction, does he? No. Are there times that are challenging? Yes. Are there times where the circumstances may be difficult? Yes. But in gaining a spirit of wisdom, you'll understand that the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. It was the wisdom of those that were going into the fire to worship the Lord because he was more important than the decree or edict of any, any earthly king in the land. Any idol that was wanting worship. Wisdom led them into that fire. But wisdom also kept them in the midst of that fire. Wisdom won't lead you into harm. Wisdom allows you to be protected in the midst of any harm. Even if they, what is it? Even if they, 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 they 
kill my body, Paul would say. Even if I'm burdened at the stake as a martyr. Now, granted, I'm mixing some things here. You understand. But have not love. <laughs> Where does love come from in the beginning, in, in the first place? How can you have love unless you have him? If he is wisdom, if God is love, God is wisdom, God is truth, seems like we should be those that go and seek him for all of these things. For all of these things. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Wisdom demands faith to operate. I love this wisdom from above. You see how pure it was? Full of compassion, full of good fruits. Verse 18 of James 3 said, And the seed whose fruit is righteousness, spiritual maturity, is sown in peace by those who make peace, by actively encouraging goodwill between individuals. The wisdom from below will keep you in conflict, but the wisdom from above will let you operate in peace. It will let you operate in peace. Proverbs 21, verse 30 says, There is no wisdom or understanding or counsel against the Lord. God's wisdom is connected with his power. We read that in Job chapter 28, right? His might and his power. He infuses his attributes within wisdom. That's why we want his wisdom. Did you catch that? When God grants a spirit of wisdom, he infuses his attributes in that wisdom. Those attributes that are peace, that are love, that are power, that are self-control. <laughs> the fruits of the spirit are operating within the wisdom of God. Proverbs, we didn't get to get much into it. But when you look at the book of Proverbs, it's written as a book from a father to a son. The irony of it is that Solomon didn't heed much of his own wisdom. The irony of it is it's a lot of do as I say, not as I do type of speech. But nevertheless, Solomon did seek the Lord and ask the Lord for wisdom. He was wise enough to be able to make that decision early on, and the Lord did grant him wisdom. In fact, kings and nations and people from all around would seek him for his wisdom. The book of Proverbs has about a thousand proverbs, a thousand lines, little bite-sized bits of truth that can transform each and every one of us, and I encourage you to begin consuming it more and more and more. It says about Solomon's life that he wrote about 3,000 different proverbs, uh, different selections, and other songs and, and, and things. So basically, the book of Proverbs is just a cross-section of what he had received from the Lord. As we go on into this dive of asking the Lord to show us wisdom and how we can operate, I'm believing that we are going to walk both in the spirit and in the natural, in tremendous victory.
tremendous breakthrough. Those of you that need healing in your marriage, I believe you get into Proverbs, the Lord's going to reveal some things that are in your heart that need adjusted. Every single proverb just about has two parts to it where there's a contrast or a building up of the main point as you read them. If wisdom is this way, then the opposite of wisdom is this. If this leads to life, then this leads to death. If it's prudent to speak like this, then you shouldn't speak like that. If this is what lying gets you, then this is what living righteously gets you. If living in an adulterous manner gets you this, then those that remain pure, this is what you have coming your way. Those of you that are wise financially, this is what you will see, and this is the sleep that you will gain. Those of you that have dishonest gain, this is what's going to become of you. It makes it very plain. It makes it very plain. So we're going to dive into that over the next several weeks. But I encourage you, let's ask the Lord for a spirit of wisdom. And take it as the father speaking to his son or the father speaking to his daughter.